You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway, and we are joined by our special guest for the week, Justin White. We are literally recording this just, I don't know, 20 minutes after he got off stage during the 9 a.m. service. I got to sit in and take some notes and listen to his amazing story about addiction. As we're going through Goliath Must Fall, this week was Addiction Must Fall. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to his testimony, to his story, you need to do it. You need to go to kingswaychurch.org and check it out. You can go to our YouTube page. Uh, You will find it in a number of different places. If you can't, let me know and I will point you in the right direction. It's an amazing story of redemption, a story of hope, a story of how God is the first and the last. And there is, ah, there's peace knowing that he has it all under control, that God is in control and that God can use my pain. He can use your pain for good. So go check that out. But we're going to have a conversation about some other stuff that he didn't have a chance to share during that Sunday morning message. Justin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story. I know you, I, you do it a little bit, but, but but thank you from Kingsway for being willing to do that. Man, it's all back to you, man. I, I, I love sharing this story. Um, and, and it's, as you said, I mean, it's, this is not my story. It's God's story, right? God is doing this redeeming work in every life around the planet. That's my belief. He's doing a redeeming work all around the planet. And the more that we can share that and be open about it, it's great. I am out of breath, not because I just got out of, out of speaking, but that worship team down there is amazing. I was so blessed just listening to them and and being led in worship. So thanks for letting me be here today. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Well, let's go into the middle of the story. It's a part you said you didn't get a chance to share, but you you were clean. You went to the 30-day rehab up in Minnesota. You came back. What was it like? Sure. Well, two things, right? So, So first of all, I come home, and for the first time in months, I'm feeling healthy um, I'm starting to feel happy again. So, so my drug was opiates. My drug of choice was opiates. And it, it takes about two years. An addiction specialist will tell you it takes about two years for your body and your mind and your emotions to totally get back to where it used to be in a very healthy, rewired kind of way. When you're on those, those substances, your body rewires, right? Your mind rewires. And so you start, that's why you start making these really weird decisions and choices that you wouldn't normally do. Hmm. Right. Well, so I, I come home and I'm starting to not feel dope sick. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So two years total, but even after like two weeks of being clean, your body, your physical body starts to feel better. And then four weeks clean, which is what I, what I was when I came home, I was feeling great. And I was starting to think, you know what, maybe there is something to this recovery thing and, and I can get better. My problem was even though I was starting to feel better, even though I had learned a lot about addiction as a disease at, at uh, rehab, I did not really embrace who I was as an addict. I, did not, I didn't really embrace the fact that, guess what? I have a problem. I had problems in the past, multiple. I've started working on them, and, and, and I still do. Like I, There's still stuff in my life that I need to work on. Um, and so when I came home, I didn't, I I didn't go to meetings in my neighborhood or in my town. Um, I'm a believer in, in, in faith-based recovery, in blending scripture and, and faith, my relationship with Christ with the 12 steps. I think there's beauty in both. 
Um, and, and, and so when I would look for, for meetings like AA or NA or even Celebrate Recovery, I would drive like 20 or 30 minutes away from Columbus <laughs> wow. because I, I just, I was embarrassed still. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want other people to think that I had problems like this, mm. right? I, I, there was still this element of shame and, right. And so I kind of kept things a secret. I went to a few meetings, of course, outside of my town for a while. I let a few people in. I really wasn't honest with everybody in my life about why was I gone for 30 days? You know, we kind of made up this real nebulous kind of hidden story. And I'm, I'm getting into all this just to say I didn't embrace this lifestyle and didn't, I was, I still struggled with my own honesty in the fact that I was a broken man. Mm. Well, that became in and of itself a really bad thing. I didn't share about this um, during the message this morning, but the bottom line is um, I, I, I went to a few meetings here and there, but that even started to kind of taper off. And I really wasn't w- what's called in the recovery world. I wasn't working a program, okay. right? I wasn't working the 12 steps. I didn't have a sponsor. I wasn't really connecting with other people yeah. who had this problem. Okay. So... Then a year and a half after I got home from rehab and the legal things, the, the legal issues started popping up. I was so unprepared and that was like a bomb going off in, in the life of my family. Um, I was so unprepared for that, that I went straight to alcohol. Wow. And I had about a three week relapse, um, where, where I was, honestly, I was just drinking straight vodka. Wow. Um, I was through Christmas and then into the new year. It got so bad that I, after about three weeks of this, because um, I'm just totally, I was a mess thinking about the ramifications of this investigation and where this was going. This was so out of right field. Um, three weeks into this little alcohol relapse, I didn't show up for work. And it was 930 in the morning. And my assistant at church who knew that I had uh, overdosed yeah. a year and a half earlier, yep. she's concerned. Right. And so she comes to my house and she finds me just totally passed out in my bed. Uh-huh. So I was drunk. Um, I, I, I would have probably come to on my own, just, just fine, just feeling hung over. Yeah. Right. But she freaked out because of my past sure. incident. Yeah, right. Thought the worst. Thought the worst. Yeah. And so she calls 911, the squad comes again, takes me to the hospital at 9.30 in the morning, they give me a blood alcohol level test and I blew a 0.33. Wow. I, you know, (laughs) the legal limit is 0.08, right? right? Uh, To be driving. And I was at 0.33. So just totally wasted, totally gone. Go to the hospital, they gave me some fluids and sent me home. That moment, Andy... That was the moment that I woke up. Okay. That was the blessing of brokenness at that moment. Um, I finally realized, you know what? I don't have this. I am not in control. And I better start working a program. Okay. And Andy, I, was so, I was so fortunate because in my town, not at, not at the church where I was serving at First Christian, but there was another church in town um, uh, uh, Community Church of Columbus, they embraced Celebrate Recovery. Okay. And by embrace, I mean they had a big co-ed meeting with 
uh, loved ones on a Tuesday night. And then almost every day during the week, they had this community building right downtown Columbus that wasn't a part of their church. It was only focused on like counseling and group therapy and support groups and celebrate recovery. And I started going every day to these meetings and connecting with other people, folks that were in work release coming out of the county jail, um, all ages, all stages, all different kinds of hurts, habits, and hangups that we talk about in Celebrate Recovery. And I'm telling you, my life changed because of that. And it was the very first time that I, I, I stepped into that environment, into that family, and was open to the change that I knew God needed to make in my life. Yeah, that is powerful. The first step, Pastor Matt closed the service with it, is saying you have a problem. Yeah. And someone's listening to this podcast right now. It's hidden. Nobody knows. They're a functioning addict in some way, shape, or form. What would you say to them? I think one of Satan's enemies, or Satan's greatest weapons, rather, is the weapon of fear. We are so afraid that if people knew the real me, I would th- that I would be faced with rejection. Yeah. Th- that's, that's one of the lies of the world. That's one of the lies of the enemy. But what I've found, and I share this in, in the message, mm-hmm. what I've found that if we fully come clean about what we've been mess- messing around with and flirting with, that there can be such connection, right? Um, we, we don't think there is in the moment. We're really worried, and I see this every week with the with the addicts and the alcoholics I work with. They're still they're, they, they just we, we hang on, right? Um, but once we come clean, take that first step. There's such freedom. I would just say, you know, as a first step for anybody who is struggling, find a close friend. Okay. You find them first. Find just one person that you can spill your guts to. Mm-hmm. And just let them know the whole thing. Number one, I guarantee you, you're going to feel better. Yeah. Both, both physically yeah. and emotionally, spiritually, mentally. You're going to start right there. That's going to be your defining moment. Mm. And your, your recovery journey is going to start right there. You find that one friend and then see what happens as a result after that. Whether that means maybe get into some professional counseling or maybe maybe it means finding a 12-step a group where you can go. Remember, a lot of these groups are anonymous. They'll respect your privacy. Sure. I, I've found that to be true over these last six years. Um, but, but find someone to start connecting with. That, that's the key, whether it's a friend, a, a 12-step group, uh, a, a counselor, maybe, a, maybe it's a minister that you feel a, a particular connection with. Some people do need treatment. And I'm telling you, there, there have been such advances in detox and rehab. I am not really a fan. I'll just, just this is my opinion, Andy. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of going in for five to seven days of detox and then coming home. Um, most of us need more time than that. Sure. And, and don't be afraid of that. It, it gets us into this place where we, we, we give ourselves time to heal. And um, maybe it means 30 days. Uh, that, that you're away from your friends and family and your work. But if 30 days away means that you can enjoy the rest of your life in health and freedom, wow. it is worth it. It's worth it. You mentioned that the opposite of addiction is connection. And you said once you found yourself sharing, people were drawn. They weren't rejecting you. They were drawn to you. You're, you're, you're the son of a, a well-known minister you have all kinds of connections all throughout this area. How have you seen in your vulnerability in sharing the very hardest things that people have connected with you? 
any, I have been able to connect with people in a different way than I, I never would have in the past. When we start sharing our stories, it, it, it cracks the ice. And we, we think, you know, we, we talk a lot about like social media, right? And you, you, you go through your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed and everybody's showing their highlight reel. Yes. Yep. That's not real. Not at all. <laughs> it's the highlights. And yet we, we, we're we talk about an addiction. A lot of us have social media addiction, right? right? Yeah. And we go through that and we start to believe everybody else has this perfect life. Nothing could be further from the truth. You know what connects us? It's not these wonderful moments of our lives. It's our brokenness that connects us, right? And so whether it's been churches or different community organizations, I'll be honest with you, I'm thankful for the ways that I've been able to connect with people I never would have before. Sure. Like I, I, the, if, if I'm being honest, the people that I love hanging out with the most right now are people that have gone to prison or been to rehab because of substance abuse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I find that I, I'm being selfish, really. They help me. I, when I came when I came back from prison, I, a lot of these, um, <laughs> forgive me, a lot of these older <laughs> church ladies, yeah, right, yeah. Would, would, would pull me aside and they would say something like, oh, honey, I, I, I bet you made such a great impact on those other guys in, that you were in prison with. And I wanted to look at those ladies and I want to say nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that helped me. Yeah. They were the ones that ministered to me, and that continues to be true in my life. Um, I, I am I am so blessed by the people, other people who have gone through seasons of struggle or addiction or problems, and have have faced it in faith, and and are now trying to work through that to, to something better in their lives. They're the ones that help me. I don't know how much you want to delve into this, but I'm curious about your family. Mm. I'm curious about your wife and your kids. And you probably hid because you didn't want to hurt them, right? You wanted to keep whatever they had That's going, right. going. Yep. They found out. How are things with your family? And is it better now that you are working through things? My wife is a wonderful woman, and she doesn't get the credit. You know, she she's not sharing her story, you know, at right. mega churches, right. right? She She is a strong woman, and she decided she was not going to let this tear us apart. Wow. And she stood by me. She has still stood by me. She's, she's going to be here at the 11 o'clock service. Um, my kids. So when I overdosed, the night I overdosed Layton, who was 12 at the time, it was two 30 in the morning. And he saw me being wheeled out on a stretcher. Um, uh, all the kids were outside playing the night that two cop cars rolled up to our house and brought me outside and put me in handcuffs and took me away. Um, these are, these are tough moments, but I'm telling you that they're all going to be here today. They, we, I'm so humbled and blessed that they are still with me today. We have an incredible relationship today. They've had their own journey of healing and we'll continue to have their own journey of healing moving forward as we all do. Um, that they're doing great in school. But again, the, 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 the key has been connection. When I was gone for that first 30 days to rehab, and then when I was gone for 15 months, there were the three or four churches in our lives that we had connection to. 
they they embraced my family in a way I had never seen them be embraced before. Wow. I'm talking about not only like uh, prayer mm-hmm. and the emotional and spiritual support, but countless meals. We'd have people send my my wife uh, gift cards for gas, mm-hmm. you know, because we lost a lot of our income. Sure, right. Um, we had people come alongside and offer to do like mentoring things for my boys and for my daughter. Their dad was gone. And so other men stepped up, other coaches and teachers and D group leaders. Like Andy, I, I had seen, I've seen the body of Christ like activated in, in, in the life of my family. It, it has been a beautiful thing to see the, 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 the family of God, the household of faith, say, we're not going to let this family be sucked under by evil. And they, they were very much a part of the rescue process. And so today, like I get the, the incredible gift of having a, a restored family. Wow. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, after, after addiction and incarceration, there are still things that me and my wife sure. have to talk through sure. and ways that we get annoyed and, and hurt along the way. That, it, that's still part of the process. There are things that might come up with, with my own children as they continue to develop and, and face different things in their life. So I want to be in tune to that. But I'm so thankful. We live under the same home. Uh, we haven't burnt, burnt the place to the, <laughs> to the ground yet. That's so cool. God is not done. No, he's not. And I'm excited for what he's going to do through you and your family from this point forward. Your story is powerful. Any last thoughts for our audience, for our folks that are tuning in? Can I, can I give just a quick plug please about do. Monday yes, nights? Please do. Okay. So for the last, um, oh, coming up two years now, um, I've led an addiction support group on Monday nights at Mount Gilead Church in Mooresville at 7 o'clock. Here's what's so cool about it. We started this thing um, back in the fall of uh, 2019. And the senior minister came up to me and said, hey, I know your story, and um, I, we, we really want to do something to support people in addiction at Mount Gilead Church. And would you start a group? So we started this group. We started, like, with four people. And a year and a half later, to, so today, every Monday night, there's, like, 40 or 50 people there. Wow that are, are going through addiction or alcoholism, some sort of hurt habit or hang up. Sure. Um, the big surprise, because I, you know, my heart is really geared to, to minister toward the, the addict or the alcoholic. The surprise along the way is that we've had so many family members and loved ones. So we're actually a split. About half of us are in recovery of, of some sort of chemical substance abuse. The other half are parents and spouses and friends and loved ones. And there is this unbelievable healing that I have seen at work by by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, of learning together. You know, there are so many hurts in in the family Mm -hmm. with addiction. They would tell you addiction is a family disease, right? It impacts all of us. And so there's a lot of anger and hurt feelings. But what happens is when this... When a family comes, and maybe it's a mom and dad of, of, a, of an adult alcoholic, when they start hearing from another alcoholic young man tell his story, they start understanding it a little bit better and can relate with their own son and vice versa. When this alcoholic hears the hurts of, of another mom and dad, wow. he start, the alcoholic starts understanding 
Oh, now I understand why my own dad said that to me or my own mom did this to me. And there's this unbelievable spiritual healing that takes place. And so that kind of makes us a little bit different. And it is open to anybody. If you're needing a resource, a a home family to kind of learn about addiction, I teach on the 12 steps and recovery principles. We are faith-based. And um, anyone anyone listening is certainly welcome to come. Monday nights, what time? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock down at Mount Gilead, one of our sister churches. It's actually my wife's home church. Great great family down there. Uh, So you're going to have a wonderful time. Justin, thanks so much for sharing with us and being with us today. Andy, thank you. It's my pleasure. If this conversation has triggered something in you. We want to be an agent of hope. That's what Justin's agency is. We want to be an agent of hope. We want to connect you to Justin. If that helps, uh, we would connect you to our care pastor, Lyndon Fall. If that helps, uh, if you just need someone to talk to, we are here and we are confidential and we want to be with you. And so if you want to continue this conversation a step further, please reach out. A Lynch at kingswaychurch.org. Have a wonderful day.